0: Everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is how Did she do that—a podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone. I am so happy that you're tuning in for today's episode with Stacy Baros of At Home. You guys are in for a treat if you have not yet met Stacy or you're not familiar with her story. Get ready. This is such a great conversation. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Luke and I had a great weekend in our new home. It feels like a whirlwind, but we are so happy to be here. Many of you have been helping me with my design ideas, and it's been a lot of fun to connect with you guys over on Instagram as we're thinking through what our different setup is going to look like. And I'm excited because all hands on deck, my twin sister and my mom are flying out this week to help me, well, to help me and likely to go to the beach as well. So it's going to be a great week and I know and and hope that you have some fun things coming up this week as well. Well, one thing I do know of is we have some great things happening over here at HSDT. I mentioned this last week, but we have a new sponsor for the podcast. If you've ever been curious or would like to try Daily Harvest, a great way to eat healthy and quickly and just an amazing brand. While well, they're sponsoring the podcast, you guys can use HSDT at checkout to get $40 off your first box. There is a link in our bios on Instagram that you can find and support the podcast in that really fun way. Well, you guys, be on the lookout. If you have not yet subscribed to HSDT, you're going to want to do so. We have an amazing lineup this fall. We have Alex Snodgrass of The Defined Dish joining me, Joy Egretz-Reed, Morgan Hutchinson from Shop Buru, Molly Creason, Well and Wonder. Uh, and you guys, those are just guests I've already recorded with. So we have an amazing lineup. You're not going to want to miss this fall with How'd She Do That? Well, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Here is Stacey Burroughs on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Stacey Burroughs, is the founder and president of Etu Home, a home and lifestyle brand created on the belief that entertaining beautifully can elevate the everyday. Stacy is an entrepreneur and expert in the design space. She has built her career in transforming practical objects into treasured accents for the modern home for more than a decade. From Etu Home's flagship store in Atlanta to their e-commerce site, classic European lifestyle drives the inspiration behind the brand and products. When Stacy isn't passionately uncovering new pieces for her brand, encouraging her team, or sharing her story with women like myself, she is likely traveling, playing hostess, or spending time with her family. Stacy, welcome to How'd She Do That.
1: Well, thank you, Emily. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, I have been so eager to welcome you onto the show. I've actually seen your products in person. So to be able to hear the behind the scenes and to be able to share your story today, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited about it.
1: Well, wonderful. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you.
0: Uh, Well, again, thank you for your time. This is going to be so much fun. I love to kind of start the conversation at the beginning with my guest. It's always fun for listeners to connect the dots to perhaps where you went to school, what you majored in. So maybe take us back to that season of life. Uh, Where was it? Where was it that you went to school and what did you major in?
1: Okay, great. Well, I went to University of Georgia, and I was a journalism major, um, um, and I was very avid about starting a career in journalism, actually in advertising, um, and that actually never happened. But <laughs> I did enjoy the degree, and I actually use it use it today. I'm constantly, you know, editing everything. So um, it's, oh. it's interesting how things come back to you in a different world, but. Um,
0: <laughs> uh yes. It's always funny. I, that, that's one of my favorite questions to ask because I love to kind of connect the dots as to, okay, uh, did my guest major, did that come through and come to fruition later on in life? And so for you, it's something you still kind of use. Well, tell us a little bit about post-grad and maybe the beginning stages of your career. What was it that you stepped into upon graduation?
1: So, yeah, sure. So basically um, when I graduated, I clearly began looking for a job in advertising my goal i wanted to be an account executive i just i just that was something i always wanted to do and um (laughs) i ended up um getting um a really interesting offer for um with federated department stores for their training program Uh and um at the time this was a really great thing to be a part of it was the toughest training program out there it was you know really truly for merchants for 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 retailers. so I took the job thinking, okay I'll, I'll, this will pay the rent and <laughs> um, you know I was I was um, definitely um, graduated and now on my own and I I loved it I, I literally I never expected to love it um and I just dove right in and I loved it and it was a very very classic retail background. Mm. Um, which ultimately I ended up using almost every bit of everything I ever learned. um, You know, in, in my career today, I still use it. So um, I just, I stuck with it and enjoyed it.
0: Oh, my gosh! Well, it's so fun to hear even okay, some of the thoughts and some of the things you were doing in the day to day then you move in and you're able to do something on the entrepreneurial side. What did it look like that that early role? What did a day in the life look like uh, through that training program
1: so So it was a very intense training program, and it was um you learned everything from the ground up um on um different departments in the store. Um, Federated just really had a a very um, solid program with a solid progression path. So you went very classic retail from um, sales manager to assistant buyer to um, department manager, back to associate buyer, and then back as, you know, you ultimately the goal was to get into the buying uh, realm. And so I I pretty much stayed with Federated for quite some time and then um, was hired by W. Smith, which is a British retailer, they're, they're on every high street in England, and they were purchasing a, um, large retailer here in the U.S., and I ended up becoming a merchandise manager and divisional, um, for them. So as a result, I've, and I was there for about 10 years, so I bought anything you can imagine from books to gifts to souvenirs to, <laughs> um, you know, um, clothing for resort, you know, hotel uh-huh. stores, things like that. So I've, I've really uh, had my hands into almost every category other than I've never done anything in the health and beauty aid sector, but besides that, I think I've I've touched it. So. Oh
0: my gosh! Well, it's so fun to hear, and it's so interesting because I'm sitting over here and thinking, okay, so you were a journalism major. What was it that gave you the confidence to think, okay, because ultimately you did become, you're able to become a buyer, and like you said, you've been able to find and and source so many incredible pieces. What was it that gave you the confidence to ultimately take that path? Because for instance, I'm thinking about myself, I'm thinking, oh, I don't think I would have the confidence to pick and choose and, and know what's going to sell and what's going to be great. What was it that kind of allowed you to hone in on your style so early on in your career?
1: Um, actually, it's an interesting question and I I do think about that a lot, um, but I come from a, um, a very, um, I guess, creative, uh, family. Mm. Um, and, um, I, my, my mother was a furniture designer. My Uh, uncle was a well-known art dealer and I, I'm just, I was always wrapped up in all of that. When I was growing up, my, my parents actually had a retail store in a a small Southern town. So when you, when you grow up in that, Mm -hmm. um, you start to kind of learn, you know, And understand your customer, what's going to sell, what's not going to sell. But I think the ultimate bit was more um, learning to trust myself Mm. Um, early on as a young buyer, as an associate buyer saying, you know, I think I I know the customer and I think that's going to sell. And then starting to build your own personal confidence, maybe Mm. when it does sell and you can kind of reflect back, there was, there's a lot of reflecting, I think, in, in buying and purchasing hmm. where you, you know, what made you buy it? Why did you buy it? How did you know it was going to sell and kind of learning really, it's a big deep dive into, into your, your, yourself to now, now I know, I, am I, I, I know when I, when I know, and yes. when I don't know, or I question it, I walk away. So I'm, I'm oh. a lot more confident than I used to be.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's so fun to hear because I, I'm thinking of that skill. And I'm, I'm also thinking of my many listeners who I know are already enjoying this conversation. And many of them are maybe maybe they are entrepreneurs within their own right of selling products, maybe they're a buyer and whatnot. So it's cool to unpack a little bit of, of where that confidence came from for you and being able to think, okay, well, you were able to see mom and dad and, and what this kind of looked like to step into retail. Now, I'm curious. With WH Smith, you mentioned that it was actually, it's based in the UK. Is that right? So where were you living during the season of life working for them for those 10 years?
1: Yeah. So I was in Atlanta. Okay. Um, they, they actually purchased a company about of about 450 uh, retail stores all across uh-huh. the country um, and um, it was the, the company was based in Atlanta, and I had literally just gotten an offer for them and just started working when this bought. I mean, I, we knew the buyout was going to happen, right. Um, but yeah. it just happened a lot quicker, so it was really interesting because you're also then I was quite young, and I was, you know, it, it I mean, the. Brits are different, culture yeah. different, you know? <laughs> and now that I I'm, I'm truly live on two continents, I, I know not only are Europeans different, but every single country is different. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, one, it, it's, it's a really great thing to embrace, but also it's very important to understand
0: right oh um, my the, gosh the
1: nuances right. are are quite important so
0: absolutely oh my goodness well this is really fun because for those of you who know stacia and know a little bit about her background there is there's there's a move at some point in here which I'm looking forward to getting to but tell us a little bit what was your favorite thing about uh wh smith i mean for for you to be there for 10 years that would be a great chunk of your career and and likely exciting and and something that you wanted to continue for that amount of time but what was your favorite thing about uh, the different roles and i'm guessing correct me if i'm wrong you had a few different roles there did you not
1: yeah, yes i did so i i actually started out as a um toy buyer oh, and wow. frankly this will really date me but i'm gonna <laughs> say it anyway <laughs> say it. <laughs> I, you know, I I interviewed, um, and it was, the the, the role was sort of like toys, novelties, and souvenirs, you know, when you're in an airport, and you need to grab a quick gift for, You know, a child at home, or um, whatever, a wife, a girlfriend, a husband. You know, you needed, or you forgot something. Like you're on a business trip and you forgot your belt or your tie. Or um, these stores, um, they still exist today. Obviously, you know your your typical airport or hotel gift shop. It's a fascinating uh, business. But I, um, I, I loved part. What What I was able to do right from the beginning um, was I. Traveled overseas, and I got to, you know, take a trip to. Uh, we went to Hong Kong and Korea and Taiwan, and did a huge um, import program. Wow. And that was really part of, you know, learning to um, understand my skill set and what 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 would serve well because, you know, I was quite young and like given, you know multiple millions of dollars to spend for a company (laughs) and you're doing it overseas and you're filling containers and, you know, you don't, you don't have much to go on whether it's going to work or not. So, um, I think just experimenting, um, and then seeing successes early on was really exciting. So, um, I, I loved doing that and kind of learning new businesses. So I didn't, I came from fashion when I went to buy toys. I didn't Uh, know anything about it. And Actually, where I was going to tell you I dated myself is I actually had to go down to the big, giant, you know, public library in downtown Atlanta uh, to read toy uh, industry trade magazines because I didn't uh, know the industry. And there wasn't... uh, internet to really source <laughs> and scour and oh understand the business. And I, I literally, right. I, I sat there for days and days and days. because so they wouldn't let you check them out. I remember that. I was uh. disturbed. I couldn't take these home with me. But I sat there and just took notes after notes after notes. And I felt like, wow, I, I, I mean, they were trade publications, so they were quite helpful. Right. Um, but, that's how I kind of dived into that industry before I started buying for it. So, different different world now. Uh,
0: Stacy, uh, yeah, no, but this is so cool. I I love the the pieces that I'm putting together, and this is so fun, especially for those of you who are coming from Etu Home and you're like, oh, I love Etu Home. I want to hear more about Stacy. But you have actually been in so many different entities. I am i was already impressed with all that you're doing. Love your style. Love the things that you share and love the things that you pick to, to sell now with your brand. But to think of you honing this craft for years and actually switching your customer base, given the role that you were in, I find that quite impressive. I don't know if I could turn those things off because you actually have to kind of put yourself in the customer's shoes, right? Of like the mom who's going to purchase a toy or or whatnot instead of maybe your style. So, oh my God, you're unpacking so many different entities for me. It's so interesting. Now tell us a little bit, because I'm really curious to hear, tell us about kind of the final stages at WH Smith and perhaps, well, one, what was next and what was it that allowed you, or or um, was the reasoning behind stepping into something new?
1: So sure. So I um, I, I really loved that that role and that job, and um, I, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I just um, things were changing, and I got a call from um, a, actually a girlfriend who said, you know, I'm working for this big. Tech telecom company, a huge, huge global company, and they are really looking for a retail expert. Um, they're going into a new, new role, a new category. They're offering a new product um, that you can actually sell in stores uh, versus sort of uh, this, this um, not understood, not touchable sort of telecom tech stuff that's in the air, you know, that right. you can't actually grab and touch and feel and they're packaging it into an actual product. That's going to be for sale in, you know, retailers really, really globally, you know, but certainly across the U S and across the globe. Wow. And so they didn't, um, they didn't know retail language. They didn't know how to speak to a VP of merchandise. They didn't know how to speak to a buyer. They didn't understand, um, a million things and, um, that were just common nature to me. So I was, so I, I, it was a new industry. It was exciting. Um, it was an interesting sort of role to sort of create a product from the ground up to offer something that was, you couldn't see or touch or feel um, to package that. And so it was just a very interesting opportunity. And I, I decided I was ready for a change and, um, I I loved that as well. So it was a very, very different environment. So now I'm, you know, in a little bit more of a corporate environment with uh, all sorts of divisions that you know typically a a retailer doesn't always have. So Uh, um, it was it was fun too. So I loved uh, it.
0: Oh well. And how long were you there? How long were you at this role?
1: So I was there for about five years, I think. And then um, just directly after that, my husband uh, was transferred, got, got a really great opportunity um, uh, in Eastern Europe, in Hungary. And so we, we ended up moving um, overseas. So that's kind of when all of that changed as well
0: oh my goodness yes and and, like I said earlier, I knew that there was there was a big move at some point, so yes. it was this now, what did it look like because many of my listeners and uh myself included we've we've moved for our husband's work and kind of had to reevaluate our own setup and and some some husbands have moved for their wives' work and whatnot, but that kind of transition you do have to think, okay. What is it that I'm going to step into now? What did you decide to do when you guys moved to Hungary?
1: Well, it's, it's really interesting because I kind of, I already knew I was going to do something. I just didn't know what. So we had traveled to Europe quite a bit, um, you know, as a family, my, my, my husband is European And we had been to Hungary multiple times. And I'd been to that whole uh, sort of Central European um, region. And I knew there was, I was excited about the move because I knew I was going to do something with it while I was there. I just, in the moment, you know, I didn't know. I mean, I was too worried about, okay, let me get my kids in school. uh, Did I? (laughs) <laughs> you know, on the container that we needed. And I yeah. was trying to find an apartment. And, and life was very, very different. Um, but there was just something really um, exciting about uh, the moment in time that we did decide to move to Hungary. So um, it, it didn't take long for me to figure it out. I just, I kind of knew I just didn't have it nailed down till I got there.
0: Oh, my goodness. And Tell us, because I, I believe I know what it is that that you kind of launched. But what what was it? What was this thing that that you started? This company that you started early on?
1: Yeah. So what was interesting to me is just moving, uh, knowing the country, and knowing a little bit about the area and. Um, uh, the, learning, actually moving there, um, and visiting as well, the history, um, you know, Hungary was, it was, it was communist for 50 years. It was like locked away, like most of Eastern Europe and the West really didn't know what, what it was all about. And so there were, to me, it was just this land, this gold mine of just hidden treasures that had been shut, shut or locked away for so long. And it was this fascinating, um, sort of kind of, I, I got exposed very early on to a lot of the antiques and vintage pieces and found objects that were, um, like omnipresent in, in, in in the country Uh, that were very utilitarian, um, that, that had a real purpose that were, you know, were sustenance for people, you know, like, like, like a, the most typical one would be the the dough ball that the, the that was used to, you know, for the bread to rise and to make the pasta pellets to to sustain um, the workers in the fields. And so there was just an abundance of um, antiques, I suppose, um, at my disposal that I started to learn about and source, and you know, kind of like one person would lead me to another person who would lead me to another, you know, oh, this guy will take you out into the country and he'll show you, you know, all these spaces. And I uh. mean, I, I literally found myself like getting up in the morning and getting in a, in a car with like some, you know, like like a, um, a lovely Hungarian gentleman, I suppose, that <laughs> knew the countryside and would drive me around. And, you know, I, I literally, you know, started buying and sourcing product and ultimately shipped a container back to the U.S. And that's kind of the short version, if you will, of how it started. So...
0: Oh, well, it's so fun. I I even, as you were saying that, I actually was picturing you in in that truck and imagining what I think, you know, that countryside would look like. I love that you were able to step into this. Were you hoping, I mean, you you mentioned that you knew you would start something. Could you have ever imagined what it it would kind of become? Or did you think it would kind of stay small and and boutique? What, What was your thought there?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it really was very small and boutique because I was really sourcing um, vintage one of a kinds, um, wow. and I was working with potters that were, you know, throwing pieces on the wheel one at a time. And no one, you know, I never imagined that it would it would grow um, in this way, or that it would it would become something that we could sort of replicate because um, yeah. that was a whole nother process. But I just, when I, I, I knew there was hidden treasures basically that I wanted to bring back to the U S that there was, there was a design and a, an aesthetic mm. um, that just exuded the European landscape and that had a place in American homes and, mm. and particularly in American kitchens. Um, I just, didn't know how it would evolve at the time, so we started off, yeah, boutique and small and one of a kinds. And then, um, then sourcing became a real thing like, how do we find more, you know, and how uh, do we find more? how do we make more? And um, so it, it morphed into something completely different, mostly because of the demand, I would say.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, and for you to have tapped in to that demand and to know, hey, that that yeah, this this needs to be in the American kitchen. These women, women that I know, uh When you're sourcing them originally, and let me give a very um, basic definition of what I think sourcing is for those of you who are listening, but when you say sourcing, I mean, basically that's you're finding these pieces and you're literally, you're sourcing them for women. So you might, you purchase it at whatever smaller price you're able to, and then you would charge for the finding and for the, the shipping and whatnot. Is that kind of the best way to say it?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's true. I mean, so I, I, I basically purchased products. So I would go to, I mean, countryside and barns and cellars and old warehouses. Like there was, there were warehouses filled with, with product that hadn't been opened in, you know, I mean, I remember like struggling with, you know, whoever I was with, with locks on the door, trying to get in. And, you know, you just it was fascinating for me because you just really didn't know what you were going to find. Wow. And, you know, I mean, even on old, you know, Soviet military bases were quite fascinating where you could take like a, something that was meant for, it could have been anything. It could have been, it could have been meant for, you know, um, an oil pan, you know, under wow. the, under a truck. And that was maybe never used, but there were hundreds of them. So those oh and then galvanized trays turned into, I don't know, you know, potting tables or something totally like a totally different use for something that actually had a use and a purpose long ago. So everything had a great story to it. And I, I kind of loved that as well. Um Ugh. So the, 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 actual, um, bringing the product to fruition was, was tapping back into my buying skill sets. Cause I, I already understood, you know, all of the other elements, whether it's duty or freight or customs or shipping, or, you know, I, 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 that was second nature to me. So that part, um, it was sourcing that was finding the product and making sure it was the right product and the right quality and everything was, was going gonna to be a good fit or whether it needed to be refinished or waxed or painted. So um, that was just fun to see the end result.
0: Oh, I'll say. It's it's fun to hear the whole process. And I just love thinking of you out there pointing at things saying, hey, can you get that down? Hey, unlock this, move that. I want to see this. I mean, it's so cool, Stacey, to think about how, well, one, how well-trained your eye was. Who did you think your customer was at this point? If you were to kind of share with us maybe those early first few years as, as things started to take off specifically and correct me if I'm wrong with Europe to you, is that correct? You ultimately you, you had a name and everything.
1: Yes. So that was the, um, the, that, that's the name of the parent company. Now today we sell our products under the brand called Etu Home, ah, um, yes. which is really stands for E, E2U, E to you, E ETU
0: stands oh. for Europe
1: to you. If that makes oh, any sense. Oh, it does. Um,
0: it totally makes sense. Okay, awesome. I did. I hadn't realized that. I hadn't put that together.
1: Uh, yeah, I know most people don't. And then they they, they do exactly what you um, said. So that's <laughs> funny. But I I felt the customer was. Um, you know was slightly upscale um somebody that understood that you had to in the initially our products were all vintage everything we Mm. sold was found and until um so so it had to be um really a savvy american woman who really wanted um and appreciated the european way of life so it's almost as though, you know, maybe you took a trip in college or maybe you, you know, studied abroad or maybe, you know, there was a great honeymoon or whatever kind of visit and you went to Tuscany and you remember that, you know, it's your first trip to Italy and you sat at this long farm table and um, the wine kept pouring and the Parmesan was fresh and the pasta was amazing and the meal just went on and on and on and it was uh, incredibly, it's almost like lunch turns to dinner, if you can imagine, you know, even uh, it's like movies or, you know, um, I, I sometimes like, like to... Uh, use the Russell Crowe, a good year movie Uh um, where you're in the vineyard and you're, you know, pressing the grapes, but it's that feel and that ambiance that our message for Europe to you in the beginning and now for Etu Home is really that if you surround yourself with all of these beautiful pieces, you will elevate your entertaining, but you will elevate your everyday. Mm -hmm. So meals should be uh, conversation versus time. Meals should Mm. be enjoyed. Food is sustenance and it is beautiful and it can be displayed beautifully. And even if it's just you on your own, you know, with a cup of tea and a, uh, you know, whether it's a croissant or a scone or, you know, um, a fresh bottle of water and a mini charcuterie tray, it should be presented beautifully Mm. and you should enjoy, um, every meal in that way and mm. and I think Europe's very well known for that and it makes a difference rather than just you know grabbing something and eating in your car you know uh, like oh la la you know, yeah. <laughs> you know that, that's just just the ultimate you know kind of American sin so uh, our goal is to elevate and bring joy to your everyday uh table and to to meals because they're they're spe- they should be special and important.
0: Well, so well said. Ever you just took me back to my first trip to Italy. <laughs> you just took me back to Florence. Uh, literally, as you were taught, talk- I mean, wow, a listener. I know you can say the same. Stacy probably just took you on a ton, just a trip down memory lane with everything you just shared. And I love sometimes. And it's actually been a second uh, during a recording that I've I've thought of this and felt this way but i want to just with everything that stacy just shared this is a great pause and rewind moment but i want to encourage listener why not why not take a meal out onto your patio why not do a little styling of a plate let's let's take a moment let's breathe and by the way check out all that stacy has to offer her beautiful pieces but i love what you're sharing about Just take a moment. And I think in the past year, and you can let us know if this was the case for for your business, because I would hope and think that it would be, there's been a real highlight and almost a transition to making meals uh, memorable and and being at home so much and and doing tablescapes and whatnot. And all of your pieces are so incredibly perfect for, for that thought and for that hope. So you guys, take a breath. Like Stacy said, make a nice little setup. I, I love that encouragement. And take a breath. You know, as you're chewing, as you're eating, just take a moment and relax, enjoy. Uh, grab that cheese plate, etc. Stacy, I, I love everything you just shared. I mean, it, it literally just took me down so many memories of, of trips to Europe and whatnot. And that's what your pieces do too. So it's it's so cool to tie all of this together. Now, but tell us, because you're not in Budapest anymore, <laughs> so tell us about what did the growth of Europe to you look like? And then ultimately, I do believe there, there's a move back to the US. And what did it look like to pivot and to to continue to source and, and all of that good stuff when you actually weren't there anymore.
1: Um, well that's a great question so um, so basically the company um, we, we it started to it took off it started to grow and I was really kind of doing this on my own and right um, my 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 son was uh, finishing high school there in Budapest and uh-huh. um, so it was a and it was a really interesting time because you know you're in this expat community you're making friends with locals as well as expats all across the world you know wow. it was a very sort of really, uh, interesting cultural, you know, moment as well. And, um, as the business started to grow, um, what I didn't mention to you is all of these trips that I would take and all of these people who would lead me to the next person who would lead me to the next person. Um, no one spoke English and I don't speak Hungarian. So, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, and, and I will tell you there's 40, I don't know what the, the listeners, or you may know about the Hungarian alphabet, but there's 44 letters to R26. And I could not pronounce a word, not a word. Nothing makes sense. Nothing reads the way you think it's supposed to read. And I'm remiss because, you know, move to the country, you should learn the language and you should embrace it. And I embraced everything, every single bit of the culture. I just... I could not learn the language it, right. it, it just I couldn't do it oh my and, <laughs> and so you know like i think it's a moment like if you if you just not i I, I'm, I wasn't good at it i couldn't do it but i did have the luck of having a husband who was uh born in budapest and fluent in Hungarian. So it turned out that I had to end up utilizing him, you know, as in a, a little bit of a crutch, like, could you call this guy for me? Or <laughs> could you, you know, or there were moments where, you know, you're, as a buyer, you do learn some savvy skills where I would say, okay, I know I'm being overcharged for that. Can you <laughs> make a phone call? Or, or this is, I'm not. You know i'm not willing to pay that because i know i can get it for this and that kind of thing so um and then as the business took off we we couldn't find enough in the found sector so we wanted to replicate the concept wow. and replicate the boards and replicate you know what we were finding and and we grew you know i was traveling to france and germany and all over and going to antique markets literally everywhere from the very, very south of Italy, like all the way down in Puglia or down in like the heel of the boot, all the way across, you know, Southern France, um, into Belgium, um, a lot of, a lot of Germany, a lot of Czech Republic. So I was doing all these kind of trips on my own. And as it was growing, we felt we're going to have to find a way to recreate. And, um, it was a great moment because, um, uh, my husband, Joe, who's now my business partner. Oh, um, Yeah. I don't, so we're, we are in this together now. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because so I really came to Hungary for his career. Um, when we left, we left because of mine.
0: Wow. So, um, That's and, cool. He,
1: yeah. When And I couldn't have done it without him because he was very instrumental. We sourced or we went to work with different factories, different suppliers, and we ended up uh, partnering with a great, um, factory that was actually utilizing old beams and reclaimed wood. So, uh, Hungary was really in its heyday in the late 1890s, all the way, you know, to the early 1900s, like maybe 1910. And so many of the buildings were, uh, created then and built then. Wow. And what started to happen is they started getting renovated and, um, we, th- we partnered with this factory who would go in and take these old giant wooden beams out of the older buildings when obviously steel beams were getting, getting put into the buildings, they would salvage the wood and the windows and the doors and all of that stuff. And uh, we were able to recreate our pizza boards from Germany or our um, cutting boards from the South of France via using this reclaimed wood because you you really couldn't fake it you had to have the real deal so it became a great story because you know no trees are cut down we're not negatively impacting the environment we're repurposing wooden beams and so everything about it was really uh very much of a feel-good purchase so you were whatever you were buying was beautiful and had history and had a story behind it and was gonna you know elevate your your dining experience, your everyday experience, but we were able to sort of create, take the old world design and update it for the modern home. And I think that's what we're best known for today. And it's probably, you know, frankly, something that, that personally I'm quite proud of because I, I'm really, the execution um, ha- has fulfilled what, what we expect or what I initially dreamed of. So we're, Pleased with where we've ended up, so oh, it's always something to, to something else to do. But that's yeah. where
0: we are at the moment. Oh my gosh, Stacy! Uh, I'm loving this conversation. Well, first of all, before I forget, I have to say, actually, you guys, I have one of these boards. Um, and yes, if you are coming from Etu Home and you're learning more about Stacy, or you know Stacy and you're learning more about Etu Home, uh, this is really an area they've they've kind of commandeered, and the best way. And the the pieces are beautiful. The boards are beautiful. I can't wait to utilize mine in outdoor dining and and just sharing it. They're they're stunning. And they do take you back to this theme of of travel and trips. And I know many of us are just you know hoping to to get on a plane again soon. It it takes you there in your home. And every time I see my board, uh, this is actually fun, Stacey. I have my board set behind um, a vinegar and olive oil set that I got in Bellagio. So it just ties in with different pieces around your home that you might have that just bring back those amazing memories. These boards are Stunning, and I love the element of sustainability. I know that's something you're passionate about. So to tie that in with with really w- one of your most popular pieces, it's so cool to hear. As well as you know what, hey, I headed to uh, Budapest. I headed to Hungary for for my husband's role. And when we left, he was partnering with me. I mean, listener, how cool is that? Uh, to think about how much Stacy's business grew during that time, and then bringing it back over here. Oh my gosh. Well, Stacy, I have loved kind of highlighting all of these different seasons of life in your career. Uh, I'd love to know though, has there been any instances that you could perhaps think of, um, that maybe failure helped shape your career?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody has those moments, right? You just try <laughs> to have less than more. Exactly. Um, but, um, no, I, I did, um, you know i mean I, I suppose there's there's multiple moments because nothing's ever ever you know perfect but i think within even just the the at home now um there's there's some times where we've um for instance maybe we didn't understand how a board was going to come out or mm. Or um, we, di- we didn't have the construction right. We were trying to replicate something exactly and learning. Okay, it's better to take it slow, test the product, check the product, make sure rather you know make sure everything works rather than end up with a container on the wrong side of the ocean and not know what to do with it. So <laughs> we have had some moments where product didn't come out exactly as anticipated, and that it's a, it's a great moment because you don't, it doesn't happen again, right? You, you know, when you realize you missed a step or, um, something wasn't checked the way it should have been, you don't, you don't miss that step again. Mm. And, um, I think it's great if you can fail, um, you know, on a, 20 foot container rather than a 40 foot container <laughs> or on hundred units rather than a thousand units. So, um, I, I think, um, something like, like you do learn. I mean, mistakes really, really. Um, it's such a cliche that you learn from your mistakes. Um, yeah. But you really, you really do. I mean, I, I certainly have. So.
0: Oh, that's such that's such great wisdom and such great insight. And yeah, it doesn't happen again. So if someone's listening, perhaps you've had a hiccup and and you're feeling discouraged, and and perhaps there's something that that went awry at work. Just know, hey. Doesn't happen. That doesn't happen again. You know, all good. Just pick yourself up and and continue to move forward. I love that tip. Now, I would love to know, and I always kind of give a heads up. This is a bit of a loaded question, but I'm sure Stacy, my listeners, would love to hear your thoughts. Um, could you perhaps share what is the greatest lesson you have learned?
1: So, greatest lesson, I think. Um, and this probably sounds a bit cliche too, but. Um, trust yourself and trust your gut. Mm. And um, I know that people mention that or people talk about the little, you know, you hear the little voice with, you know, inside you. But um, I I think trusting in your own self, whether it's a business decision, like a product, is Mm. that gonna sell, should I buy it? Is it too small, is it too big? Is the color slightly off, you know? Um, it, 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 if you question it and you want for me, I know if I question it and I wonder and I think about it and it wakes me up at night, I, I know I, I, I have to go back to the drawing board. I know mm. I can't finalize the purchase. I, and, and because I've learned every time I've done it and I've gone against my gut, even the tiniest little voice, um, I've paid for it and I've been sorry. Mm. So um, I I know I know to listen to myself and to that inner voice. And I think it's something, you know, with, with um, I don't know whether it's with age comes wisdom or with (laughs) trial trial and error, but the the bit about the trust and the wisdom is that um, you have to, you have to get there and it's little tiny steps that get you there before you, you, you even know that. You're trusting yourself, so mm. a little. So little successes mean a lot, and yeah. and I think focusing on them is is you know you should be grateful you had a success. Why you know mm. and, and, and really really explore that because that's what leads to the next success, um, and also not the next failure if you figure that out early on. So. Um, I don't know. I think trusting myself and my gut has been my 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 greatest my biggest mistakes not doing it and mm. knowing it and then my greatest successes by just running with something that I I just know it's going to be hit even if wow. everybody else doesn't. So wow. now I know. <laughs> so I'm so- <laughs> It's, it doesn't mean I have a crystal ball and I can buy the right number, <laughs> but I, I pretty much know if it's going to work or not now.
0: That's, but that's really cool. I, I love what you're saying because I think often, myself included, uh, just to briefly piggyback on this, would be sometimes I think I focus more on my failures or more of a, a negative feedback than I actually take the time to think Hey, that was a real success and why? Why was that such a such a success? Sometimes we kind of spray over our success and kind of move forward and, and move on to the next thing. But I love another encouragement, another little homework piece. Stacy's giving us so much good stuff to think about. Yeah, think back on that success, a recent success of yours, and maybe unpack it a little bit more because I think that'll give us the confidence to, to take note as to what Stacy's saying, the greatest lesson she's learned. Trust your gut. Well, how can we do so? We can take a look and step back and And recognize the success and the different elements at play that made it a success wow i love it well stacy this has been so much fun and and i didn't share this earlier but you guys stacy she's so amazing she's she actually has a a photo shoot happening in her vicinity she's at home now and and has that going on so you always i know you always have something fun happening uh what's next for you
1: so what's next? Okay, so if I get through, what's next <laughs> is actually I I volunteered to do um a, a board wall. So I'm gonna if oh. we're done, I'm gonna go hang like 40 French found cutting boards on a wall. Oh um, my so gosh. Uh, the so the photographer's waiting for that to get styled. So I that was my my contribution to the day. I said, okay, you guys do this, I'll do the wall. Oh my so, gosh. And it's only because I know exactly how I want the wall to be. So I just want to do it. So sometimes <laughs> I want to just dive in. Um, but really, truly what's next is I, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm actually working on a project that I don't know if it will ever come to fruition. Uh-huh. But I am, we are, you know, uh, myself and a couple members of, of our team, we are working on a, uh, a book, a, a, a book about about design and about wow. uh, um, it, it's it's g- going to have a different take on it, but it's sort of um, uh, d- designed three ways. Is kind of all I can really say at the moment. But but it's sort of city living, country living, um, um, beach and lakeside living, like like different wow. different moments. Whether it's a city, you know, a cool city flat in the middle of Europe, or whether it's a subdivision home, how you t- how you how you can um, bring real, um, basically how you can take, uh, old bones, if you will, or, wow. uh, uh, I guess, um, historically significant pieces and wow. use them to update a modern space and everything still feel very, um, in keeping with it three different aesthetics, but three different similar feels.
0: Ah. Uh. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think I can speak for my listener. I hope that comes to fruition. That sounds amazing. And it sounds like those three different elements would touch everyone listening, anyone who would be interested. That's fantastic. How exciting. Well, Stacey, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to?
1: Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I've jumped around, but I blame that on my creativity. I'm, <laughs> one place and I, I'm um, part of having my husband as a business partner he's able to reel me back in and go, okay, hold, hold that thought. So um, I'm, I'm good at holding those thoughts. And um, I, I do, the, the only thing that I, I would share is one little thing that has really, helped me through my my whole career. I've never kept a journal, but I do do keep a notebook beside my bed and I do wake up with thoughts Mm -hmm. and I do jot them down. And I'm so grateful that I do that because oftentimes in the morning, I I literally like wait what 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 was I thinking and then I remember you know I'm like oh yeah no that was stupid and oh, no, then no, no, we're not doing that oh but this one <laughs> yeah I think this one might have some legs so um I don't know it's a little thing that I I've always done and and I've found it very very worthy so.
0: Oh, I love it I love it and and this is so fun you know it's been a good episode when I keep referencing homework That's great homework, you guys, for the entrepreneur who's listening and you're like, I just have all these ideas and I don't know where to go or which one to start. Hey, take note, literally take note. I love that tip, Stacey. That is so cool. Well, one thing that I love to do just kind of towards the end of my conversations with amazing guests like yourself is actually ask, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story?
1: Okay, so I actually have a great one for you for this one. So um, we just launched a um, a collaboration, a really beautiful boutique collection with a designer blogger named Colette Shelton. And she does the Coco Cozy uh, uh-huh. Design House. She had an Amazon uh, channel show with that. And um, it was a really wonderful collaboration that we just finished. It was about diversity and inclusivity and, oh. um, Colette's a designer out in LA. Um, and she has a fascinating, uh, story. She was a, uh, big senior VP for a major news, uh, channel. Wow. And she just flipped. She just literally, she's a self-taught designer. Um, and I got connected to her and approached her about doing a collaboration and, um, it's really funny. We we totally hit it off. The collaboration is on our website right now. You can you can buy it. It's called the Etu Home by Coco Cozy, um, collection. Or uh, sorry, it's Coco Cozy by Etu Home. Uh-huh. Sorry, Colette, if you're listening. Um, uh-huh. And um, it's a really great story. It's a story about uh, her and I. Um, a partnering, uh, which culminated in a really beautiful friendship. We've we've actually never met, oh. um, but we will be meeting in um, at High Point Market in October for the first time, but we, oh. which zoomed. And so I, I would highly recommend Clet. I think she would be really fascinating um, and very inspirational to your listeners. I, I, she's a really uh, talented woman who flipped careers literally, and I think that story could be could be um, intriguing for some of your listeners.
0: Oh, definitely. Well, I agree. You all will have to be on the lookout for a potential episode with Colette. Thank you so much for that awesome recommendation, Stacy. Well, we've been teasing it and many of you already follow at To Home. You guys are connected with Stacy, and perhaps you've even purchased and looked at a different board today while you've heard us chat about the story behind them. But Stacey, where can listeners connect with you?
1: Well, I think just really um, through the Home Instagram. I, I don't do it, but I get the they, they I, I get the direct messages, or just um, through our info at etuhome.com. Um, either, either one, it gets to me. So um, uh, I'm I'm, I, I'm happy to chat with anyone. I I enjoy it. So uh, I'd love love any feedback on the brand or thoughts anybody has. It's always it's always. We, we love when people share, so oh. good or bad. <laughs> we oh,
0: yes. Well, we look forward to hearing from you all. I hope that you all have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have with Stacy. And Stacy, again, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Well, thank you, Emily. It's really been a pleasure. Your your, your questions have me digging deep. So, um, I love it. <laughs>
0: thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.